Hello and welcome back to the newest episode of the We Know Ball podcast today. I'm joined by my co-host, Arian. Say what's up, Arian. What's up, guys? And uh, sadly, Brandon could not join us today because uh, he's moving. So unfortunate, but uh, we'll miss him. Uh, but he'll join us next time. And uh, we have a special guest today, uh, Reese from t- uh, from Twitter. I know you have your own podcast. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Reese. What's going on, people? Uh, you can you can call me Reese. Uh, you can find me at Mind of Reese on Twitter. Um, I do have two podcasts. Um, mainly right now, the Mavs Outsiders podcast, which I do with my partner Bibbs. Um, we usually drop an episode every week, but now we've been dropping the episode after every game. So uh, you can look forward to those. Um, and I have my Mind of Reese podcast. So anywhere you listen to your podcast, anywhere you find them, you can find those podcasts. Dope. And uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit of your background? Uh, Tell us how you became a Mavs fan. When did you start following basketball? You know, stuff like that. Um, So I'm um, 29 years old. Uh, let Twitter tell it. I'm, I'm a senior citizen. But um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. So Baltimore does not have an NBA team. So um, I started following the NBA around like the year 2000, 2001, the beginning of like the Shaq and Kobe era. Um, I actually started following basketball in general um, like a year or two before that because I was a big Duke fan. Like, I still am, but I don't follow college basketball as much. And I became a Dallas Mavericks fan in 2003. Funny story. um, I became a Dallas Mavericks fan playing NBA Live 2004. Uh, I was playing NBA Live. Like I said, Baltimore didn't have a team. I didn't have a team. I just had players I liked. I like Kobe. I like Allen Iverson. And I started, you know, playing with different teams. I played with the Rockets. Uh, I played with the Pacers, which was almost my team. And then I started playing with the Mavericks. Uh, Dirk, Steve Nash, Michael Finley, uh, Sean Bradley. Uh, and I fell in love with the team. And ever since then, I've been a Mavs fan. So going on 20 years now almost. That's dope. Yeah, you have a... You've been through it. You've seen the highs and lows of that franchise, huh? Man, I've like, I was spoiled for a minute. You know, you know how people say Lakers fans or LeBron fans are spoiled because they're so used to winning. Like, so many people talk about the Spurs and how uh, the winning records they had, like consecutive seasons of winning. The team with the second best record that decade was the Mavericks. Like, we were winning 50 games every single year like i was spoiled we weren't winning championships but we were winning uh until it got to 2011 so i've seen the ups uh, i've seen the downs like the 2006 finals seen the ups again in the 2011 finals i've been through this decade where we could not get out of the first round Uh, the luca the coming of luca you know, I've I've been there for a lot of it, man. It's I would not trade it for the world, even though this franchise frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine uh, how you felt in 2011 when they won the finals. Like, I try to comprehend. Like, I can't even imagine how just happy and thrilled I'd be if the Suns win it this year. I can't even like describe that feeling, and it's not even real. So I can't even imagine how you must have felt like. 
but like what was that like i mean i've never i've only seen one of my teams ever win a championship and that was the seahawks back in 2013 so what was it like to see your nba franchise win the title like that especially after losing a few years before it i remember it like it was yesterday also it's funny you say you're a seahawks fan i'm a saints fan and i have a bit of i, I used to have a bit of bitterism towards the seahawks because of the beast quake but yeah. we're not going to talk about that <laughs> um uh it i remember it like it was yesterday bro like it was late at night um and when we won i was 18 at the time i can't i think i had graduated already because the finals are usually in june yeah. i didn't really have to go to school but i was trying not to wake up my mom by yelling and screaming like Bro, we just won. We just won the championship. Like, I never like after two thousand six. I was like, yeah, this is this is it. We keep getting bounced in the first round. We get to the second round. We we choke. It's like th this is it. And that run that we went on that year was so amazing. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think I've said this publicly. Like till this day. You know, when a NBA team or any sports team wins a championship, they put that little DVD out highlighting the season. Yeah. I still watch that till this day. I don't like, blame you. That's, I that's watch it till cool. this day. Like the mini movies that they do on YouTube, I watch those all the time. Like the Mavericks can win a championship this year and it will not feel as good as that first championship. Like Makes nothing sense. can top that for me. And I wanted that for y'all last year. Like I, like I said, Paul's my favorite player of all time. I wanted him to get that chip. And, and I wanted that for y'all because, you know, uh, people weren't giving y'all that respect. But I wanted it for Giannis as well because Giannis is my boy. So I was happy. Well, I felt like, like I was at the top of the world when we were up 2-0. <laughs> yeah, man. Going up 2-0, <laughs> I thought, like, at that point I was convinced. Yep. I was hey convinced. man, look, we went up 2-0 in 2006 and lost four straight. That was different because I genuinely believe we was, you know what, I'm not going to get into that. I feel like we was cheated out of that. Dwayne Wade shot like 90 free throws, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> but like it was, Ari, and I think you know Josh, right? Yeah. Josh fan. Yeah. He was like, he was like, man, uh, I don't even know how to feel. I'm like, feel happy. What do you mean? Like. Be happy. Be excited. Like, live in the moment. Don't overthink it. Like, mm -hmm. and the fact that y'all are this good, you, I think, I think y'all moment is coming, even if it isn't, isn't this year. Like, even after Chris Paul is gone, I think y'all have built a foundation and a culture the way y'all are going to be contenders for years to come because NBA is moving in a different direction. It's not like, you know, super teams now. It's like, you have duos, or you have one star and teams are built around that one star. So I, I think y'all will be fine. Just try not to take the heartbreaks too bad. Trust me, I've been there. Yeah, it was uh it was it was rough. It's um it's obviously like and maybe not as tough for me as it was because I had to watch the goal line interception, but uh Oh man <laughs> I've yeah, I've I've been through pretty much the worst of it. It doesn't I, get much I, worse. Man. It it gets worse. 
it gets worse. I'm a Saints fan. The NFC Championship in 2018 changed my life. Like that no life. flag. That's actually that, crazy. That that changed. Hey, you guys got good teams though, man. I'm a Bears fan. You got nothing. Oh. Just about, about I don't have a good team anymore. I do not have a good team anymore. You you yeah. you saw them though. I mean, at least the Seahawks, like the Bears. Oh man, they just <laughs> they just yeah. make bad decisions. I was real like y'all had that team two or three years ago, and y'all yeah. first got um. Khalil Mack, right? Yeah, Khalil Mack. And I was like, wow, this defense is amazing. Uh, I think we actually beat y'all in the playoffs that year. Did the Eagles beat y'all? The Eagles, yeah. Yeah, the Eagles beat y'all. Yep. Yeah. That was a good team. And then they just, uh, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's all right. Let's just, let's, uh, let's get back to basketball now. Uh, We'll we'll start, we'll start previewing this series a little bit. We got uh, starting tomorrow night, uh, we got Suns versus Mavericks round two. Um, I'm very excited for this series, man, mostly because um, it's great to just not have to play an L.A. team again. I wanted the Pelicans <laughs> first round this year just because of that. Like, main, I mean, I wanted to see the Pelicans over the Clippers regardless, like just because of like skill level. But I'm just tired of playing L.A. teams. So I was – Who you telling? Hmm? I said, who you telling? We saw them two years in a row. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it's it's exhausting playing an LA team. Like, 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 just just show us something different. I was so happy when we got Utah. Like, yeah, oh, I, man. I think just not having the LA teams in the playoffs this year was just great. Yeah, just a like breath of fresh air. The feeling of beating them is something else, though. The feeling of beating them is great, but um, we we've we've beaten down on the Lakers enough the last two seasons, so I I think yeah, that's facts. <laughs> I think we've gotten our fair share for now. Um, but yeah, I mean, for this series, you know, I'm the Suns are obviously favored. You know, we all know that. Right. Um, yeah, of course. But Reese, what in your like, and like I said before we started recording, I don't know much about the Mavs team this year, so mm-hmm. um. Anything you say is news to me. So, I mean, what about this Mavs team do you think would give them a shot at beating the Suns this season? Um, I'm going to preface it by saying this. I expect us to lose in six. Uh, I'm, like, unbiased. I'm taking the Suns in six. But I think we do have a chance to beat Phoenix, but some things are going to have to happen, like um, the defense – the Mavericks have one of the best defenses in the league this year. Uh, we are fantastic on defense, and when you look at our team on paper, you wouldn't expect so, but it, it's really it's, it's thanks to guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, and it's also thanks to Jason Kidd for, for having people buy in. Um, it's, going all, it's going to be all about the matchups and the defense. Uh, I noticed against the Jazz, our defense was tight, but there were a lot of late rotations on double teams off the pick and roll and i think teams like phoenix will make us pay for that big time um there were two games against utah when the first half the ball would just not go into the basket like we could not shoot anything and against phoenix the thing was against utah we couldn't make a shot and by the second half we were only down by like 10 points at the most not going to happen against Phoenix. 
Um, but I think we have a lot of positives. Like I said, our defense. Um, I kind of reacted quickly when this series first got announced. Because um, I said the X factor for you guys, I believe, is DeAndre Ayton. Definitely. Because obviously going against Rudy Gobert, he's not skilled offensively. Now, DeAndre yeah. Ayton isn't going to have isn't going to put fear into guys like Luca and Jalen Brunson on the defensive end, but offensively, he's a problem. But the thing is, is he going to be aggressive? Not they going to feed him the ball. I said that initially, but then I thought about it. And this year, the Mavericks are like six and points per game given up uh, by opposing centers. Like we defend the center position very well for a team that doesn't really have any good defensive bigs. Like outside of the superstars, guys like Jokic and Bead, you know, those guys are gonna do their thing. But for the most part, we defend centers really well. So um I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh it's gonna take a lot of help from Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleber is six ten. He's not small. It's like when I listen to, to Kenny say small ball when Maxi Kleber's in the lineup, I don't get it. Because, like, the dude's just a good 6'10". He's not small at all. We just stretching yeah. the floor. But Maxi is a good defender, but I don't think he could really handle a Rudy Gobert because of his height. I think he'll match up better against a DeAndre Ayton, given the circumstances. Uh, so a lot of things are going to have to go right. Like I said, it's all about matchups. I personally want the Suns to decide to put Chris Paul on Jalen Brunson. Because I feel that's going to give us the advantage. But, you know, there's there, there's a lot of matchups I would like in this. But uh, I think we have a chance. And to be honest, you know, with basketball, when you have the best player in the series, no offense to Devin Booker, when you have the best player in the series, you usually have a puncher's chance at winning, depending on how t good your team is. So that's yeah. so why teams never rule out uh, LeBron James teams. Exactly. Um, uh, the main thing I'm uh, uh, sorry, I just want to expand on your point about DeAndre a little bit. Um, he played, he only played two games against the Mavs this season, and they were both in November. Mm -hmm. So we really have not seen, there's no tape of DeAndre in against this Mavs team, pretty much. But in those two games, the first game he put up uh, eight points, 17 rebounds, uh, and shot 57% from the field. And then in the second game, he had 19 and 13 uh, and shot 70 or shot 69% from the field. So productive games. Those are like about those are pretty much usual games for him, I'd say. Right. So I mean, I to be honest, to be honest. I kind of wiped the slate clean like of the entire regular season series against us because it's like, like you said, there's all, almost no tape with DeAndre Ayton. Those two games we played in November, we didn't have Luka. And the game we played after that, the third game, which was in like February, I think, it was before the Dinwiddie trade. So it's like, yeah. These are this is like a clean slate. Like you can't they can't really go back and say, okay, this is how we played them last time. You don't know what to expect because this is a completely different team. Exactly. So uh I'm I'm excited about this, man. I cannot wait. I'm very excited for the series too. 
I am also, and I'll, all right, I'll let you go and right when I'm done, I promise. But um, I'm very excited for the whatever. I guess I shouldn't. I'm partly excited, partly nervous for the narratives that are going to surround Luca and Da for this entire series. Yeah. About like the the first and second pick, or I guess Luca was the third pick, but like the Suns yeah. passing on Luca, like. I that's definitely going to be a narrative that's brought up whenever the Mavs win their first game. <laughs> it's going to be a nasty narrative. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what Twitter does, though. I'm not going to pay attention to yeah, it. We're used to it, regardless of who wins or loses. It's like, I mean, at this point, I guess because of the talent of Luca, you can say, "Oh, how could the Suns pass up on Luca?" Luca and Devin Booker would have been amazing together. But yeah. DeAndre Ayton is no slouch. It's not the like, bad. It was the right pick at the time, too. Yeah. if To be honest, I don't think it was the right pick at the time. I just think a lot of people slept on Luka. I think Luka was the clear number one pick at that time, personally. But, I mean, mainly because of the way the NBA is going. Like, yeah. offensive centers, it's like the kind of offensive centers, talking about like a cat type or AD type. That's not DeAndre Ayton. He should have been top three for sure. But it's like in a different, not even a different era. A few years ago, he's a clear cut number one pick. But I think in that draft with Luca, Luca should have been the number one. But the Suns came out great. Like you can't fault him for it. It's not a bad pick. Yeah, you can't say it's a bad pick after what we've accomplished. Right. It's been four years. So it's not like I don't understand people keep bringing it up still. Like, you know, there's nothing you can do. And, all that. Now, I will say, as far as narratives, I'm saying this right now. Suns don't pay DeAndre Ayton. I want that boy as a Maverick. <laughs> yeah, you should. Luca and DA, would that, that would be crazy. Crazy. And the stuff, it would be like, wow, Phoenix passed up on Luca to draft Ayton and lost him to the team that drafted Luca. Yeah. That would be crazy. But... <laughs> That's far-fetched. I don't think we had the money to pay that dude. We're going to pay Brunson. So I'm not even – I'm not thinking that far ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I if the Suns intentionally choose to let Aiden walk, I I don't I, I don't even know. I think I think Aiden leaving, like, pretty much kills any chance we have in the future after this season. If Aiden's not on that the team, be... we don't have a chance. That would be the mo- the worst front office move since trading James Harden, like since OKC traded James Harden. Yeah, it would be pretty terrible. He's like, he's sitting here averaging seventeen and ten behind Booker and like, and he's twenty three years old. Like, there's so many reasons to re-sign him, and like, not any reasons not to. <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't already. He's earned his money, in my opinion. He earned his money last offseason, if you ask me. I agree. Also incredible last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was playing like a top five center last year. Yeah. I think Arguably he is a top, top five center right now. I think he's better than Bam. Honestly. I wouldn't a, go that far. Yeah, that might be a hot take, but I'm honestly but, like I'm taking Aiden over Bam. But it can be argued. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's a hot take. It's probably a hot take because people probably don't consider it. But it's not a hot take in the sense like, "Whoa, what did you just say?" It's like, I don't agree, but ain't crazy. Like earlier, I was telling the guy, I was like, 
if my dad would have said Tatum instead of Booker, like if he'd have said Jason Tatum is better than Luca, I'd have been like, I disagree, but I I get it. Like I, I'm not going to debate you too hard on that. Yep. Uh, I was saying the main two things I'm scared about in this series is, well, I saw Dorian Finney-Smith shot 40% in the first round from three, and Reggie Bullock Ooh. shot 40, 42-43%. And we have a problem of not rotating and having shooters wide open Especially like all the, the time. Yeah, in the corner. And um, that's one really scary thing because they could both go off for like 20. So, yes. Yeah. And then the second thing is rebounding. There's also uh same two guys, Bullock and D- Finney Smith, are really good rebounders. And and Luca, obviously, um, if we don't box out, it'll be it'll be bad. Yeah, and I, can... I think like that's a great matchup because y'all aren't that big. Like y'all aren't a bi- like you have eight and you have JaVale McGee, but outside of that, you aren't really a big team. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think we'll we'll do good on rebounding. And no one boxes out for us at all, other than never, eight. Never. Oh. Nobody boxes yeah. out. It's going to be yeah, so To be annoying. honest, nobody boxes out on the Mavs either. They just, Dwight Powell, most of his rebounds come from him tipping the ball to someone else. That's look, he's the like, same honestly. with Aiden a lot of the time. He'd be tipping rebounds. He'll keep tipping it up to himself. Yeah. Dwight Powell doesn't tip it to himself. He tips it out. Like, He doesn't sometimes, unless no one is around him, he's not going to attempt to actually rebound the ball. He's just going to tip it. Like, Luka's a much better rebounder than Dwight Powell. Uh, That makes sense. (laughs) But, I mean... Dwight Powell finished game six with zero points and one rebound. Put that (laughs) into perspective. I forgot about your history with Dwight Powell. I've 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 cleaned it up a bit because he's done well this year, so I'm trying not to get on him too much. But he got to get it together, man. Um, I've I've been meaning to ask um, any Mavs fan really. I I, I know the Jason Kidd hiring was a little. I don't, I don't want to say like controversial, but a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't like it at the beginning. But now you're here in the second round of the playoffs, so uh, t- just tell me how you feel or and i guess just mass fans in general feel about jason kidd like is he a good coach um i think you would be 100 percent correct to call the the signing controversial um it wasn't just controversial in the aspect of his coaching history because the mavericks have had allegations of sexual assault and misconduct in their front office jason kidd has a history of that so the timing was just really bad on it uh, and a lot of Mavs fans didn't like that. I myself tried to take the personal stuff out of it, go just with the coaching, and I wasn't okay with it. I felt he was a bad coach. Um, but I then went on to say, he's here. We're not getting rid of him. Like, he's our coach. It is what it is. So I'm going to give him a chance. Um, in the preseason, he saw he started doing some things I liked. Beginning of the season, he was experimenting. Like, And a lot of Mavs fans were impatient. It's like, bro. This is a new team. He's trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, who fits the scheme, you know, uh, who does he like, who doesn't he like. And once he started doing that, you started seeing things gel together. So to me, Jason Kidd is a damn good coach. 
Like, he's been doing a fant. If there was a most improved coach of the year award, it would go to Jason Kidd. Because, like, compare this year to his previous, like, coaching jobs, like, in Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I would like some antics, like, telling Luca to spill a drink on him every right, once in a while. But, you know, outside of that, yeah. Jason Kidd is a really good coach. I'm happy with it now. I've I've been open about it. I'll eat crow. I was wrong. Yeah, people side like this is a little off topic, but like people are way too um, scared to admit when they're wrong. It's literally like mm-hmm. not a big deal to be wrong about stuff. It happens it's every not. day. <laughs> Doubling down on your whatever you said, even though you know you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Like I made a whole YouTube video. Um, I think it was the beginning of the season uh, about the Mavs, and I said I feel like these three players are expendable. It was Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, and Dorian Finney-Smith. I hit two out of three because at this point, I think I don't think Dorian is expendable. But I went on to say I was wrong. Like. It's okay to be wrong. I tell people yeah. on Twitter, they'd be like, oh, this you? What about what you said? I said, I know what I said. I was wrong. I don't care. <laughs> like, exactly. Bro. You can't call me out for that. People try to dunk on you so hard on Twitter because of something you said, like, at the beginning of the season or whatever. Like, like I don't know, man. Stuff changes. I was wrong. You can't predict how a player is going to play or how a team's going to do yeah. like that that accurately you know and the worst ones are like say you compare a player like someone says i don't know i'm trying to think of something that's not too crazy like you compare players and at the time when someone says it it's like i got an example well right like at the time i said this i was correct over the season the person you compared them to got better and you like oh remember when you said this well, when we first made the comparisons, I was right, but this person got better. Now it has changed. I'm wrong now. Like yeah. both things can be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, the best example I can think of for that is like how at the beginning of this season, Suns fans were like fighting for their lives, trying to get people to think, uh, try to convince people that Devin Booker is better than like Zach Levine. Whereas now it's like consensus like yeah obviously you know so right yeah but uh to get back to this match a little bit and i this is a uh, i have a question that i want us all to kind of answer a little bit and i'll start with you reese is is there um a specific matchup that you're looking forward to seeing in this series and not not necessarily just like a one-on-one player matchup maybe like you could say like the coaching matchup or something but just like in general what are you excited to see from this series um, I'm more excited for Jalen Brunson than I am Luka Doncic. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I'm hoping that Monty Williams decides to put Chris Paul on Jalen Brunson, even though, I mean, to be honest, you have to. Like, Mikhail is getting the Luka assignment. That's not even a question. Mm-hmm. But if you put Jay Crowder on Jalen Brunson, he might average 30. Like, yeah, if you put nice. Devin... No. If you put Devin Booker, who I'm sorry, you can't convince me that dude is at least is even 80 percent. Like, I, I think he came back too fast. I think it was a scare tactic for the Pelicans. He was out there as a decoy and it worked 
Like, kudos to them. It worked. They got that fine for a reason. That dude is not 100%. Um, you can't put him on Jalen Brunson. Your best bet is Chris Paul. And I think if you put Chris Paul on Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is going to make that dude work hard to the point where he's gassed. By the time the end of the game comes, he's not able to give you much on offense because he's too old to be doing that on both ends of the floor now. And if Devin Book isn't 100% and the game is close, I like our chances. I, um, honestly, for the exact reasons that you just said about Chris Paul being, like, tired, and we saw this in um, the New Orleans series, too, where uh, Mikel probably should have been on Brandon Ingram at all times, but he mm-hmm. wasn't because um, because of Jay Crowder, honestly. Because Jay Crowder can't stay in front of guards. He just can't do it. So yeah, I, he's, he's regressing. And, I mean, I could be wrong, but, I mean, I figure Luka is probably a bit slower than most guards. Yeah. So I would not be shocked at all if we saw a lot of Jay Crowder on Luka and having Mikel on Brunson, especially if it's a game where Brunson's going off. It would not shock me if we saw that at all. To be honest, I think you have a point there. Um, if Mikhail is getting the Brunson assignment, that's going to be that's going to make a big difference because I don't know. Jalen Brunson is in a different mode right now, but he usually is slowed down a bit against long wings uh, as far as people defending him. Yeah. The thing with Jay Crowder is. OK, you tell me. How well are y'all at defending the pick and roll? Um, like as far as switches, do y'all switch often? We switch everything pretty much. Perfect. Because yeah, if I'm Luca, doesn't matter who's defending me, they're not gonna be on me by the by the end of this possession. Bring me Devin Booker. Every... Especially uh, Luca is like an incredible passer, obviously. Right. And uh, on the pick and roll. Usually, like we have a lot of people cr- crashing in, rotating, and he's gonna find everyone open in the corners. That's and the best that's- thing. The best thing about Luca I've seen in the playoffs this year is that when he's orchestrating that offense and the double comes and they collapse on him, he's not passing to get the assist. Like he's making the right passes. Like yeah. if he makes the pass and you know the ball is moved around because we move the ball around a lot on offense, we swing it. He's making the right passes. He's not hunting an assist, and that's helping the offense. If I'm Luca, put Devin Booker, switch Devin Booker onto me and let me cook. Because we're going to prove if that hamstring is as good as you say it is. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm very excited to see. Um, well, I am excited to see how Mikel handles Luca. Um, because he will obviously guard him at some like he's not just not going to guard him, but right. I'd say I'd say uh, like if I'm right about Jay Crowder, I'd say it's probably going to be like a sixty forty split or so. Because I think you definitely have to have Mikel on Luca a majority of the time, right? Just because Luca is he's Luca, you mm-hmm. have you just have to put your best defender on him. So, but I I'm more than that. I'm excited to see what. Um, 
how Mikel does offensively in the series, especially now that Booker will be back. Um, because I think in the first round he averaged 17. Is that right, Arian? Do you know? Who? Uh, who? who? Mikel. Yeah, I think he averaged about 16, 17. Yeah, so he averaged 17, and that was without Booker. So something that I really am, like, wanting to see from Mikel, and I don't know how um, Reggie Bullock and uh, – I'm, I'm assuming Finney Smith is a good defender. I feel like he has that reputation, right? Yeah, like he could have made an all-defensive team this year. It was just too many good defenders out there made it over him, making it over him. And uh, – is Reggie Bullock a good defender, or is he more of a spot-up guy? Um, Reggie Bullock is a very underrated defender. Um, he's a good three and D guy. It depends on the matchup sometimes, but as far as team defense, he's fantastic. He's not a fantastic lockdown like one-on-one defender, but he gets the job done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very. More so than um, book and book Chris Paul and uh, Aiton offensively because we know what they can do. All right. I'm very excited to see how Mikel and Jay Crowder, especially actually Jay Crowder, even more than Mikel, how they perform offensively this series because Jay Crowder just played the worst six games of basketball I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I've never seen. Oh yeah. Oh my god! It was <laughs> god awful. I've like never... I was, I was telling people this, and I said another reason why I'm so optimistic about us having a chance to, excuse me, actually beat y'all, is because we just played a Utah team. Obviously, Utah is not as good offensively as, I mean, they're a good offensive team, but Suns are clearly the better team overall. But the Jazz have more players on their offense that can go out and create their own bucket, in my opinion. You got Donovan Mitchell. You got Bojan. And you got Jordan Clarkson, and to some extent, Mike Conley. Yeah. In my opinion, the Phoenix Suns only have two. Yeah. Now, granted, (laughs) those two, especially the number one, Devin Booker, can do it at an elite level. But the way we played defense against Utah with so many shot creators, if we can do a good job as far as team defense on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, or at least when just one of them is in the game and make those other guys beat us, because Phoenix is deep, but they're not deep with talent, in my opinion. It's like y'all play fantastic as a team together. Like when everyone's healthy, y'all a cohesive unit. Y'all a fantastic team. I ain't tripping about campaign. I ain't tripping about Landry Shamit. That's fair. Cam Johnson is different. But we gonna tie your Cam Johnson out because that boy can't play no defense. Am I mistaken? Like a is little he bit. Good? Cam, I think now if you think that he is a terrible defender, then I'm gonna say that he's underrated defensively. He can definitely hold okay. his own. He's okay. he's slow. He doesn't have quick feet. He's not like he's not he's a pretty skilled defender. He's but like he just can't. average. Yeah, he's he not can't. like oh we want that mismatch. But yeah, he's not like oh you're gonna be like picking him out like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna make guys like Jay Crowder, campaign Landry Shamit, like these guys gonna have to beat me on offense. Yeah, 
and that's and i don't think they but that's easier said than done that's a good point i campaign was also he played very very poorly against the pelicans as well yeah he finessed his way into an nba contract last offseason and i mean hey like he's had like he's shown us like he played he was really good last playoffs he's had he had spurts that like there was a spurt this season of campaign where we were literally talking about him being the starting point guard after Chris Paul was gone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't so, know about that. Yeah. He's had stretches where he's shown us like that he can do it. But, and I mean, I said this um, a couple episodes ago, um, or maybe I didn't, I might've tweeted it, but I said like, I've never been a hundred percent sure of campaign. There's just always been something about him to me that like, I don't, like maybe it was like maybe he seemed kind of lucky i don't know because it, it, it was never for an extended period of time his grid play it's right it, it fluctuates so um you guys could see the campaign that we've been getting where he's just he can't make a shot and he makes bad decisions with the ball or he could somehow flip the switch and become like amazing like out of nowhere so we really have no idea what campaign we're gonna get in this series he seems to play like way too fast where it's like he'll just continuously just try to drive or like he'll shoot like a step back three he's just running around like like his head's on fire and then he'll he can't <laughs> use his, he can't use his right hand he doesn't use his he'll, right hand he'll drive to the right side and do a left-handed layup when and he'll get blocked or something when he could easily just put it up with his right so there's yeah, but he does. Dude is in does. the NBA on the right <laughs> side and finishing a layup with his left hand. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've we've gotten on him for it before, but he would always shut us up because he'd go out and he'd score like twenty three points, shooting nothing but left handed layups and jump shots, and I'd be like, <laughs> okay, like, and I mean, whatever, like the results speak for themselves. But then you know, it's never consistent. So right. Uh campaign in a funny way campaign is almost our x factor because if he's playing well then that's like the point production for our bench and he's playing well and you know what i mean like it's just great but if he's playing bad then our bench is like almost a negative i think jay crowder might be our x factor like if he's hitting shots if he can get you anything offensively as far as hitting his shots that's huge like yeah. That makes a big difference. A big topic of Jay Crowder was how his start to this playoffs has been almost identical to his start to uh, last year's playoffs, where he could not hit it. Like the first five games against the Lakers, he could not hit a shot. The biggest difference is that game six. In game six against the Lakers, he shot six of nine three. Whereas game six against the Pelicans, I don't even think he made one. So jay crowder if he's like if he's hitting even just the open shots um there's not very many teams that can like slow the suns down after that because if you're forced to close out on jay crowder yeah everything else is just going to be wide open that changes a lot it does change a lot so jay i mean yeah there we go jay crowder is the x factor for the phoenix suns it's going to be the title of the video (laughs) <laughs> we just going, back the title. To, going back to the matchup thing um one i'm excited for really is the the clutch in the clutch 
Yes. Because I know in the in the first round, Mavericks were like the second best clutch team, mm-hmm. and then in the regular season, they were the, the Suns were first, and Mavericks were like I think eleventh or tenth or something. So like both teams are pretty good in the clutch, uh, and I'm get, I, I assume the games will all be close. So like the last you know last five minutes of every game will be really interesting. Yeah, and that's yeah. What I'm, I'm just hoping Luca doesn't bail y'all out with step backs. Yeah. Yeah, if he, he's, I'm telling yeah. you right now, if Luca overdoes that step back on Mikel, it's going to stop working very quickly. Yeah, he just he. I hate when he, like obviously it's his signature move. I get it, but sometimes you, it's situational, bro. Like you got to know when to use this thing, when not to. Like you're doing a step back when no one else has touched the ball yet. Like what are we doing? Yeah. Um, I had a thought about that, Arian, about how every game is probably going to be close. Yeah. It got me thinking, like, how you can only, like, you see all these, uh, all these, like, fans on Twitter clowning us for going to six against the Pelicans, right? Yeah. When in reality, for the last two seasons now, that's like every, every game is the same thing. We've had close games against, like, every team. We've had mm-hmm. close games against bad teams and we've had blowouts against good teams, but the, majority of it is literally where the phoenix suns will kind of coast and stay in like a five point five to ten point margin for like the whole game and then in the fourth quarter the last five minutes they'll just something flips and it just this isn't about necessarily the mavs or anything but it just got me thinking like i don't understand why the suns get so much doubt about the way they win when they win all the time. <laughs> as long as you win, it does not matter. Exactly. Yeah. A win I is think a win. Against Dallas, we shouldn't play with that mindset. Like, yeah. we just, you know, go crazy in the first quarter. And then second and third quarter, just let them come back. Let them take the lead. And in the fourth quarter, we just go crazy because I don't think that'll work. Yeah, that, that, that won't work. No, not against us. Because yeah. as a whole, like, this team can get hot quick as far as yeah. shooting. Like once we get back into a game and we got some momentum, it's dangerous. So you don't even want to give us that. And not to mention Monty Williams, like he's a great coach. Obviously, his rotations are a little off sometimes. And he he doesn't call timeouts. He doesn't call timeouts. He doesn't. is the same way sometimes. Dude, yeah. There will be on like there were times where teams will be on like a twelve zero, like fourteen zero run, and they're up. They're like trying to take the lead or whatever, and then Monty just, like, won't call a timeout for, like, seven minutes. And we're like, bro. Like, like that game, <laughs> was it the game we blew the Jazz out by, like, 30? I think so. We were on, like, a 10-2 run, and he called the timeout. <laughs> we were on a 10-2 run. Like, luckily, we still kicked their ass. But it's like, yo, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, like, I don't understand it. Like, Monty will see um, a guy make, like, back-to-back threes to bring them within 10 or something, that's a timeout moment right there. Right. But he'll just let it go, and then they'll come back down, and the dude will hit another three, and then, like, especially in road games, it hurts us so much because then the crowd gets going, the momentum gets going. So that's definitely something that the Mavs need to take advantage of is Monty's – I the I can't think of the word uh, that I'm looking for, but he just doesn't like to call timeouts. So, uh, management. 
yeah. clock management. Kinda, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I think that the coaching matchup is going to be fun. Yeah, like with the rotations, I was saying, uh, I know, I think uh, Reese, you you notice this over the course of the series that you'll see the big impact from DeAndre in the first quarter, like a little bit of the second quarter, and then it seems like he's not even in the game because Monty Williams would take him out for like literally 15 minutes straight, and then he just comes in like the last the last like six minutes of the game, which I don't understand because like if he's you know he's like six six for seven in the first quarter and then doesn't see the floor again. Until like the you know end of the second, which I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. It's so is that because of y'all spinner rotation, like with Biombo McGee? See, um, Biombo doesn't really get many minutes. He's playing in the okay. last couple games just because of like matchup reasons and foul trouble. But usually, it's just um, our center rotation will go. Aiton will play the first like six minutes of the first quarter, and then Javel will finish out the quarter and then start the second. And then Aiden will close out the the half, and then it's the same for the second half. But the problem is one, especially in games when Aiden is hot, like against in game six, he was like five of five to start the game, and then we he just like didn't see the ball. So not only does Monty sit him for too long, but especially in the fourth quarter, he starts to get completely frozen out of the offense, where to the point where he doesn't even like touch the ball. Yep, you'll see him yeah. have you'll see him have like. 17 points in the first half and he'll end the game with 21. And to be honest, I'm hoping y'all continue that. It like we need y'all to continue that. It's, it's so upsetting to see that too because if if we can unlock Aiden as a like and actually use him in the fourth quarter, that means teams have to then guard Chris Paul, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden in the fourth quarter. And it takes some pressure off of Booker like exactly. the dude is coming off an injury. But for That's some, something you want to reaggravate. God only knows why we just choose to freeze Aiden out of, and it's been happening for like ever since Monty became our coach. Really, I don't know what it is. Mostly since yeah, I, Paul came, but a little bit in the bubble too, honestly. Yeah, because I know, like, gen, uh, generally in the NBA, like the last like you know six seven minutes of the game, you go away from the sets and the plays, you just go straight ISO ball, which that's not really a. Uh, effective i mean obviously we were the best clutch team whatever but like if you can get Aiden involved that just takes so much less energy and uh like pressure off booker and paul because they literally just take turns back to back to back to back iso mid-range yeah. every single time and we're lucky Especially to, if to get worn down during the game that's gonna be hard to sustain yeah. we're 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 pretty lucky um that chris paul and Devin, i mean it's 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 kind of baffling how the Suns are as good as they are because on paper they really probably shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I, I don't want to call it luck now because we've been doing it for two seasons straight now, so it's clearly not luck. But I have yet to find an explanation for it other than we just are a great team. That's yeah. Sometimes team like chemistry matters. Fit matters. Coaching matters. That, that stuff matters, like, and it's also the caliber of superstars y'all have, like, Devin Booker and Chris Paul complement each other so well, team complements each other so well, everyone fits, everyone is bought into Monty Williams, that stuff matters, and that's why y'all are as good as y'all are. Yeah, and it just makes me wish we could, well, one, it makes me wish um, that Aiden would, unlo- uh, would unlock that aggressiveness, because I truly believe an aggressive DeAndre Ayton, like 
Devin, like, if you gave DeAndre in Devin Booker's mentality, I truly believe he could be a top 10 player in this league. He's only 23 years old. And he's, like, averaging 17 and 10, and it seems like he's not even trying half the time. Top 10 is tough for me, but I get what you mean. He'd just be very – maybe, like, top 15, top 20, top 15. He'd be – a star. He'd be top fifteen. He'd be, he'd be a perennial. 15, he'd be a perennial all star. He'd be like, he'd be a guy. Like people would respect Absolutely. the hell out of him. And but um, he'd be in that top three center conversation. Yeah, and it's just so tough that one, he's just not aggressive enough sometimes, and that we also just tend to freeze him out of games. Which it's it's hard to complain because we keep winning, but right. also it's like we could be so much better. If, like, you know, but what can you do? Yeah, my, pro- my problem is, like, you'll see the box score at the end of the game, and he's his his final stat line is, like, 6 for 7 on the whole game, or, like, 8 for 9 on the whole game, which, like, if you're shooting that efficiently, you should be shooting more, you know? And that's not, it's not all on him. It's him. He should be getting, you know, getting the ball more. But it's, like, I don't know how you can just only take, like, you know, seven shots in a game when you're, like, that one of the most efficient players. Baffles me ever again, but we always yeah. win, so I never really. <laughs> I, like I said, I really want him to not be aggressive. I the thing is though, I think, I think <laughs> Da does get a kick out of the whole Luca draft thing. I think it does. <clears throat> I think it does energize him a little bit. So I'm hoping he can tap into that a little bit in this series, especially if, especially if those narratives start, because for some reason. Aiden always tends to kind of go crazy right after like trade rumors have started about him. Ari, do you remember uh, last season when all those trade rumors started and then he went out against Memphis and had like almost a twenty twenty game? <laughs> yeah, I I those trade those trade rumors are awful. They were like some some Suns fans they were just throwing out some crazy stuff like Clint Capella, Bonus, yeah. Jesus Christ. Those are the <laughs> exactly. same. Oh my gosh. Those are the same fans I see arguing with Mavericks fans on Twitter right now, just saying like they just think the Suns are just gonna watch them like in four, which is like I understand why Mavericks fans are, would be getting mad because like no one actually believes that. Uh, there's no way. Luca is at least getting this one game at the least. Yeah, I've been saying that. Luca, I've been saying it for weeks. I guess not weeks, but I've been saying it since like. Since people kind of realized the Mavs were going to beat Utah, because I think we kind of had that sense, like by yeah. probably game five, um, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe even game four. Did who won game four? I felt like halfway through the series, I kind of felt like Dallas was going to win. They won game four. Damn, maybe I'm tripping then, but I maybe it's just yeah. They won game four. No, oh, wait, 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 wait. Game four. Yeah, they won game four because we were up two one. Okay, maybe maybe it was when you were up two one then, but I kind of had a feeling like that Dallas was gonna win. I just didn't feel like we were gonna play. I mean, the way Utah closed their like ended their season, like and all the controversy and stuff, I just didn't see them winning. Um, damn, I totally forgot what point I was trying to make here. <laughs> I think you're talking about Luca is gonna Luca's gonna steal a game. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, right. You're right. Good looks, Arian. Um. I was just saying, like, yeah, Luca's going to have this one game, and it's going to be game – I predicted it to be game three, 
where he's going to probably have like 40 or something and he'll probably hit a game winner. Like it's Luca and that seems like you, he gets at least one of those every series. So I think it's going to be game one. I think it's going to be game one. I hope not. I'm going to that game. (laughs) (laughs) I think think game one will be really interesting because like we said earlier, we haven't seen them with their new roster and it's just like, because I hope the Suns don't go in with that mindset, like, oh, you know, we always beat them. If anyone's not going into it with that mindset, it's Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm even think Monty Williams would allow that. I'm not but. worried about the Suns' mindset. Yeah. I mean, but I, what I was saying basically is, like, Jalen Brunson has taken off recently, and, like, that Luka's back. Uh, like I said, fin, uh, Finney Smith and uh, Reggie Bullock are, like, they've been shooting great. So it's a completely different team than we've seen before. Um, and Reese, you know what? what? Is the, uh, what is the map starting lineup? Uh, Luca, Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. So you said Luca, Brunson, uh, Bullock. Bullock. Is it Bullock? Is that how? I call him Bullock. Bullock, Bullock, I, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I always hear Reggie Bullock, so that's I say Reggie Bullock. Yeah, yeah. So the way, the way I see the Suns approaching this, I think I think Chris Paul's probably going to end up on uh, Reggie Bullock. I was if thinking I they'll to. put Booker on Brunson, yeah. depend, obviously depending on his health. I think if he's good enough to go they'll put him on Brunson I think Booker's probably going to be on Brunson and though I think because I like honestly even um even a fully healthy book is probably not gonna be the best matchup to put against Jalen Brunson um but I think we're gonna see the Suns kind of employ more not necessarily a zone but like maybe not have Booker like stranded on an island and try to maybe do more of what the Jazz kind of do with Gobert and maybe funnel right. it towards DA so that Book can have some help because I don't think um, the Suns put Chris Paul on Jalen Brunson for any reason whatsoever. I don't think that. I yeah. think they're smarter than that. Yeah, I think I think they're definitely smarter than that. It was just a hypothetical, but I'm yeah, hoping they, that's what they do. But I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had one question for you, Reese. Uh, how how would you grade, uh, I guess, rate uh, Spencer Dinwiddie since joining? Obviously, I know he was really, really good when he first joined. Well, I would say, like you know, towards this, uh, towards the end, and then Davis Bertans as well. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I would give a B plus to. He's been fantastic. Um, right. He didn't. He didn't. As far as the Jazz series could have done better but we got that spencer dinwiddie game we were waiting for in game six and i'm hoping that carries over to the series with us but davis bertons look man look dude's trash all right i'm keeping a hundred but i like davis bertons because we need guys like davis bertons on the team like that dude is gonna shoot like he doesn't care if he misses five straight threes he's gonna keep shooting that's something that Maxi Kleber needs to adopt. So I like Bertans, but I mean, he can contribute some things. Sometimes he had one of the great games against the Jazz, but um, defensively, he gives us nothing. Like people like target him out there. So 
That's yeah. really why he doesn't yeah. get many minutes. If it makes you also, feel any better, uh, Davis Bertans is like a certified Suns killer. Yeah. So, ooh, he's. Uh, I will say Joe, this. I was actually looking Maybe. it up. He shoots forty-five percent against the Suns from three in his ooh. career. Yeah, in his career. Oh, we may have to play him. May have to play him. Also, Jay Crowder, like, still to this day, I feel like has a grudge against the Mavs, so he might show up. Like, I hope so. That's good to hear. It'd be a welcome. I, I don't know why. Like, shots. it's been so many years at this point. The dude needs to give it up, but that's what he needs his motivation. More power to you, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, I hope Jay Crowder shows up. I hope he doesn't, but I understand. <laughs> I like Jay Crowder though. I wanted Jay Crowder on the Mavs when he left Miami. I don't understand a lot of the hate he gets. I didn't hate him before he was a son either. I never hated Jay Crowder, so I don't really understand the hate he I gets. I get it. I get it because he can be a bit annoying sometimes, and he plays that tough guy role so much. It's like, bro, you're doing way too much. It's not that serious. Like, he just comes off as he's as he's doing a lot of fronting. So maybe that's why. If not. I don't understand any other reason to hate Jay Crowder other than that. I don't hate him, but somebody did. I figured it would be for a reason like that. Yeah, I understand the why people don't like him. It's just because any like the tough guy on any team, you know, like the enforcer, no one really likes playing against them. Yeah, no one likes like Draymond, yeah. Bobby Portis, like he's yeah, the guy that like some people love him and some people just hate him. Even if he's not doing anything the whole series, like last series. Yeah. We had we had like Pelicans crowd every game. Fuck Jay Crowder. Like he doesn't do anything. Oh. He literally was your best player. Yeah, he was on their team basically. So yeah, it just it baffles me the the at least in this instance, like the Pelicans, it just like it seemed like the hate came out of absolutely nowhere. But you know, Jay Crowder, we just have a lot of guys on the squad that, like, people don't like. Chris, People hate Chris Paul. People hate Jay Crowder. People hate Devin Booker. Like, That's campaign. true, man. People hate campaign. Lakers fans absolutely despise campaign. Why do people hate campaign? Lakers fans, bro, Lakers fans, he's got to be, like, in their top five most hated players. Like, Lakers fans, when it comes to campaign, it's like – I can't even think of a good analogy, but it's it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I would never waste energy hating a guy like Campaign. Like, no offense to Campaign. It's like, he cool, but nah. <laughs> nah, not nah, hate. That's crazy. Yeah, they despise that, man. Like, I'm I've guessing never... it's because of the And then, oh, you guys remember that video where LeBron is telling him, like, oh, you were oh, just Oh, okay. They're saying that he's, he's beefing with LeBron or, like, he's trying to be, like, a tough guy. That makes like, sense. LeBron oh, yeah. talking to campaign on the like LeBron sitting on the bench and talking to campaign is like is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm hilarious. LeBron James, I'm never speaking to campaign in my life. Shout out to campaign <laughs> for getting that out of LeBron. Talk your shit. You yeah. winning. Does LeBron like to talk shit when he winning? So talk your shit, campaign. Yeah. Also in the playoffs last year when uh Chris Paul was playing but he couldn't even move his arm. He was like when he was super injured. Campaign actually did really, really good. Like so good. Oh, he so was... they just hating because they suck. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's the same reason they hate Booker, they hate Crowder. 
Although, Lakers fans just hate the Suns right now because we always beat the asses. So <laughs> I, that's all it is, really. I guess from the Lakers side. But I love to see it. Love to see Lakers fans in in, in pain. Yeah. But like the whole, um, the whole. You remember the whole Devin Booker mascot thing? I didn't get that. Yes. Yes. Yes, I, I, I do remember that. that. The workout video. I thought that was, I a, get, I I thought that was more of a joke. Like teasing him? No, I thought like Devin Booker doing that was I don't think he was that serious about it. Oh no. And he te- yeah. literally joked about it afterwards too. Yeah. It's like it's like if people hate him for that, then I I just don't like Twitter at this point. So you know, I yeah. Oh man, it's so annoying. I was just talking about it today. Um like you know, Giannis had a great game and the first thing I see when I open Twitter is LeBron's legacy, KD's legacy. Yeah, like, come on, man. Just just enjoy (laughs) basketball, man. Like, You always see the the Warriors fans tweeting, can we agree that the 2021 finals was the worst finals of all time? It's like, yeah, you can say that if you hate basketball. Like, what? (laughs) Warriors fans are annoying, too. It's like, uh, I just, I love that finals. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah, fuck that. That finals was fun. Yeah, and I watched fans, it over. Warriors fans just are mad when it's not the same finals matchup four years in a row. Yeah, Warriors fans been showing y'all a lot of disrespect. So, like, the unbiased fan in me kind of wants y'all to beat us so y'all can go on to beat the Warriors just to humble them. Dude. Like, I know Warriors fans, and they feel like y'all aren't on their level. And I'm just like, are I you know. serious? I That's exactly this morning or after the Warriors game I was like people are acting like the Warriors were like head and shoulders over the Suns which they're I just not. never understood because I was like they're not we could like, you know we could beat them like we're honestly better than them so at the most same level yeah yeah same level. like this I think that I think that Western Conference Finals is probably going seven mm-hmm. definitely I think so Six, six, like six games with an overtime, like at the minimum. Like that series is going to be a dogfight. Facts. And I would take the Suns. I, I would take the Suns too. <laughs> um, hey, but we'll, we'll, Jaren Jackson. we'll talk about, we'll get into a Suns Warriors matchup if that actually happens. I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but right. we're too ahead of ourselves here. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I want to beat the Warriors this season more than I ever wanted to beat the Lakers. It's it's different. Lakers fans, Lakers fans are a different type of annoying from Warriors fans. Warriors fans are just like they call, they talk arrogant. to you like like you're like not human, and they tr- they, they think you're arrogant. Very, yeah, yeah. They're like like Warriors fans are arrogant. Lakers fans were whiny, there like in in entitled. Crying about something. Yes, like oh my god, I can't believe this. Oh, we're gonna get this player entitlement. Warriors fans just they feel like no one's on their level. Like their gods, like their team is gods of basketball. Cut it out. They get treated like it too by the media. That's true. Maybe so, that's why they feel that way. Yeah, they they've been this the war. I mean, even when the Warriors were bad. They were spoon fed to us constantly. Yep. Like they were. Just because of the team. They were a play-in team, and you saw more stories and coverage about them than the top three seeds in either conference. Exactly. 
That's why I don't pay attention to those major medias anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lost. I, I I stopped watching after last year when we got the the value, the DeAndre Ayton uh, game winner, and uh, they said like Chris Paul. They won because of Chris Paul's spirit because he didn't play that game. They said yeah. it was like, <laughs> get out of here, man. The spirit of Chris Paul, man. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was a wild time. Dude, there was a point in time uh, last season where Chris Paul got every shred of credit for all the Suns' success. It wasn't any. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Like they, that's why like the bubble didn't happen. That's why fans turned on Chris Paul. Like, I mean, they don't like Chris Paul for a multitude of reasons, but that ain't help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so crazy, and I like Suns fans after the bubble. We knew we were going to be good. Like, we knew we had at least a playoff team next season. Right. So when we saw that Chris Paul trade, we're like, hey, yo, we're low-key contenders now. But then everyone's like, nah, trading for Chris Paul does not make you a contender. That was the narrative. I don't know why people thought that. But then when they were wrong and Chris Paul made us a contender and then Chris Paul got all the credit for it, they're like, damn. I could not have been more wrong about this. And that's where the hate comes from. Yeah, giving it all to Chris Paul is is wild. That's I, I still see that narrative to this day, actually. Yeah, it's still a thing today. Like you see uh the whole Devin Booker uh MVP like agenda that all of Suns Twitter was pushing back a, f- a couple months ago. We at least myself, I'm not gonna like intend to speak for all of Sun's Twitter, but at least for myself, my intention was never to get Devin Booker to win MVP. Our intention was to just get him recognition for what he's doing. I think he deserved recognition for what he was doing, but I think it was the fact that um, kind of the syndrome, like y'all, y'all just have an overall really good team, so he's not going to get that recognition. I'm of the mindset, if you're not in the top three, like I don't care where you fall. Outside of the top three, I don't. Oh, a top five MVP candidate, I don't care. Like if you're fifth, unless it's that close of a race, which is rare, you're not winning. So I'm not even going to discuss it. I'm not even like going to say, oh, let's get this man his credit. He's fifth. He's he should be fifth in MVP candidacy. Like no, that doesn't matter. To be honest, to me, it doesn't matter. Just like, yeah, and it's like I knew like. When we started that, I was like, yeah, like I didn't, I never even thought Book was going to get a first, like I never thought he was going to get votes. I honestly wasn't even expecting votes. I just wanted people, we just wanted people to just talk about it and just acknowledge like, yeah, Devin Booker is as big of a reason for the Sun's success as Chris Paul is. That's all we were trying to do really. And I think think it was, I think it was a different way to go about it, but I think, like you said, I think it worked and I think Chris, I mean, not Chris Paul, Devin Booker being out for about two games during that Pell series showed it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we've, we've covered a lot already. Um, was there anything you guys kind of wanted to talk about from this series? I think we covered, like, matchups. I guess we can throw out some predictions. I think we all probably have the same one, though. <laughs> Yeah, I said mine is Suns and six. Yeah, I got Suns and five or six. All right. I I think it might be six or seven. Suns and six or seven. Yeah. Okay. I'll just I'll 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 settle with Suns and six. 
I'll say this, man. I said Clippers in six last year, and we went seven. So hopefully, I, I'm 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 doing the same thing this year, flipping the script a little bit, giving us some some goddamn energy, like it's a spirit bomb or something. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope we don't go seven because we're also going to go to seven against Golden State and probably go to seven against Boston and or Milwaukee or whoever we would play in the finals. So would really love for this right now. Shorter. Whoever wins between Milwaukee and Boston is who's yep. going to the damn finals in the East. So, yeah. yeah. And I, y'all don't want to be gassed by the time you see one of those teams. No, but Boston, <laughs> Milwaukee's probably going to go to seven, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Philly, Miami, that one's interesting. I think that's a five games. I mean, yeah, five game series. Heat. Miami. Embiid yeah. just obviously just changes the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but what can you do? Injuries happen, which, um, you know, and I'm not going to get into that. We'll 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 stay off of that for now. I won't I won't get into that right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, is there anything else you guys kind of wanted to touch on? Not really. I think we really touched on everything. Like I said, I was excited about. Like I got y'all perspective. Like even on a guy like Cam Johnson, who I'm a fan of. Uh, I didn't know he was improved as much on defense, so that's good to know. It's not just a mismatch. So when I see, when I watch the damn game and guys can't beat Cam Cam Johnson, I'm not yelling at my TV. Uh, (laughs) I I understand better. So I think this is good. uh, He's like Reggie Bullock as a defender. Okay, that's like a good. good, He's a great. He's a good team defender, and he can hold his own against like an average NBA player. That's fair. He's also, you know, he he could quietly go off for a big game too. So that's somebody to look out for for real. But um, I, yeah, the matchups we got into, we covered most of the bases. Like, I'm glad I've actually, I'm glad we did this when I had time to think about it. The game is tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm very excited yeah. for this. I it like anytime now that we have a series that's not even a California team. I'm excited. Because like, we'd have to play the Warriors next round because the Grizzlies have no chance. They're probably done in five at most. I, I agree. Warriors in five. Yeah. Today so, was their – today they might get swept. Today was going to be that – was supposed to be that game, and they lost. Yeah. Yeah, like there's – Warren Jackson, I don't think he's dropping 33 or whatever he dropped again. Absolutely. And then Draymond did all that stuff, so. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was supposed to be the one, and then they blew it still, so, yeah. They might get swept. Yeah. It would take literally like an all-time performance from Jaw to even have a chance. So, yeah, yeah. That and that's not even win. That's have a chance. Yeah, so, I just don't, yeah. I just don't see it You need like twenty-five from Desmond, twenty twenty-five from Desmond Bain per game. You need to do good. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's, it's just like, it's, it's asking for too much. It's just not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh. We'll start wrapping it up here. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the We Know Ball podcast. Um, thank you so much, Reese, for joining us, taking some time out of your day to talk hoops with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate y'all for inviting me on, man. You know, Arian reached out to me uh, a while ago, and it's like I didn't even click in my head when we beat the Jazz. Like, oh, wow, this will be perfect. And he hit me up, and I'm like, yeah, actually, this is the perfect <laughs> time to do this like there's there's no better time to do this so i'm glad we got to do this i'm glad we got to do it before the game uh glad you hit me up when you did (laughs) got to squeeze some time in so this was exciting this was fun 
like I said, got some new perspectives. Uh, hopefully, you know, like after the series, we do a recap. I'll come back for sure. Yeah, we'd love to have I'll be you back. Yeah, yeah, I would love it. I definitely come back. Hopefully, I get to meet y'all as a co-host next time. Yeah, Brandon will Brandon will be here next time. Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter or on all social media at WKB Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Mikel Bridge. Uh, Arian, you want to plug? Uh, Arian, yes. uh, Reese, Twitter. anything you want to plug? Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mind of Reese. Uh, check out the Mavs Outsiders Pod. We just dropped out Suns preview episode, uh, Sun series preview episode. Um, I want to say check out the Mind of Reese podcast too, but there's some things going on with that that I haven't really discussed publicly yet. It it might be on hiatus for a while, but we'll see. Um, so check out the Mavs Outsiders. Follow us on Twitter at Mavs Outsiders, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you again for listening to this episode of the We Know About podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.